0: All right, welcome to the Pints and Provisions podcast. This is our pilot episode. I'm Evan Pike. Uh, I have two of the finest uh, folks here with me. I have Ryan Abbott to my left. Say hello, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. And Mark Barrick, who is a uh, extraordinaire of smoking meat, smoking, and bourbons. And he's here with us, too. How are you doing, man? We are missing one of our core podcasters. His name is Dan Studebaker. Uh, he will join us at a time undisclosed from now, but hopefully as these podcasts get better um, and not so amateur, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll enjoy his presence. I think that'll be nice. So, um, Our first step today, as we've decided, even though this is going to be a very um, beer-centric podcast, I think, uh, we're going to start with bourbon, actually. Um, the main point of doing these is to talk about stuff that guys like, such as beer bourbon sports
1: we got some good ones lined up here
0: yep uh we'll talk about smoke and meat um, i'm sure for mark sure. can tell us about
1: oh well, we'll cigars
0: a, and stuff like that
1: this will be meatopia and yeah we'll hit we'll hit all the guy stuff <laughs> yeah. for sure
0: and i know uh ryan's uh gonna also make sure that we are very proper with glassware and uh and syrup he's all,
1: and hot and, sauce
0: Hot sauce, maple syrup, all that good stuff. So Once
1: we get the, the meats. The on connoisseur the table. of condiments is Ryan Abbott. Yep. Proud proudly.
0: Alright, so what we're gonna start with is the Jefferson's Presidential Select.
1: Sixteen year old.
0: Wow. Lots of oak.
2: Drinking in our proper Glen Cairn.
0: These are pretty glasses.
2: Two of the three of these have not been used before. Because it just came in the mail about proper uh, five Proper Glencairn, because if you look down, you can actually see it. It says the Glencairn yes, glass, so you so. know it's official. Our uh, a local restaurant of ours, Hearth in Peoria Heights, Illinois, uh, introduced me to this glassware, and it is perfect for drinking really nice bourbon neat.
1: This is batch number one. It's a Kentucky straight bourbon, uh, weighing in at ninety-four proof. And as mentioned before. 16 years old. And as our
2: bourbon aficionado, Mark, what are you, what are you thinking of this?
1: Great nose, as Evan noted, the, uh, the Oak is really huge. And anytime you have anything that's been aged that long, the barrel is going to be present for sure. So that's, it's almost a given on that, but you have to note that.
0: It's really hot on the nose, but not hot on the taste.
1: That is velvety smooth on the, on the. it's, you know, the, the little bit lower octane coming in under 100 proof is definitely going to help with that smoothness for sure. But that is velvety, velvety smooth.
0: It's not like the stuff you pick off the shelf and it's hot, 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 you know, burns down the throat. This is, it's hard to get stuff that this is this smooth.
2: As far I'm, as my, like a mouthfeel goes, I mean it's almost perfect.
1: This is I mean, the first yeah. time I've ever it goes had down this down really nicely, and first time I've ever had this, Ryan. And, and honestly, I would put this up there in like the top couple that I've had. That is a fantastic. Is this lineup.
0: easy? Is this easy? Hard to get?
1: Um, hard to get. It's yeah. It's you're you're not going to walk in anywhere and find this. This is an allocated bourbon for sure. I think this was at the Peoria Bourbon Raffle, but I think they only had two bottles of it.
2: Wow. wow.
0: That's a special occasion, kind of.
1: Yeah. And for those that don't know, Jefferson's, they're out of uh, Louisville, Kentucky, right in the Bourbon Trail area.
0: Man, I thought that that was uh, good old TJ, you know, from uh, Charlottesville fame, but I guess he didn't do absolutely everything back in the day. Yeah. Sorry. Us 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 folks who've lived in Charlottesville, Virginia, uh sometimes we affectionately refer to Thomas Jefferson as good old TJ. Um, <laughs> but that is not the TJ here we're talking about. He has a he has like a line of wines. There's Jefferson Vineyards out there, but uh, I will tell you that for a wine it is it, it's, it's it's it's
1: average at best. This is very complex. Gosh. Though. I get I get like caramel in there. Plenty of caramel. I yeah. get taste here I'm trying to put my leather i'm trying to get my i'm trying to put it on there as a non-bourbon aficionado that is one of the
2: notes that uh I'm anxious to start to be able to point out because on good bourbon reviews, you always see leather as being kind of one of those mm-hmm.
0: I think key I get elements some of that. that
2: goes well with uh, oak and caramel, and
1: it's got a lot of layers. It's kind of like it's pretty complex. I have to decipher this for a while, honestly. Oh, we'll let you do that. Fantastic. I mean, it's like one of those ones that I almost, it's, I'm at a loss for words because it's so smooth. I'm looking at the bottle here as well. Um, it's a well-matured bourbon, full-bodied. Um, they note that it's very complex as well. It, uh, it's tagged as a true connoisseur bourbon, so very nice.
2: Would you ever drink this with ice or a dripple, couple drips of water, or any of that? I, mean, I would not. No reason to. Right? Um, <clears throat> at
1: that proof level, I don't even think. Like I, I would never drink something of this caliber mixed or with water or even ice. Yeah. Um, sometimes when you we get to like the really high octanes, like we got a high octane one on deck here, uh, the George T. Stag weighing in at a, almost 130 proof. Uh, to enjoy that a little bit, you might want to put like one small ice cube in it. But I think any, I think you're just doing a disservice if you water anything down. That's these caliber here. We've got a, we've got a Van Winkle 12 year. Uh, none of these I would put in any, anything on. I'd drink them neat.
0: Cool, man, that's good. And you know, usually a lot of the just regular bourbons that I have, I have. Tended to like a little ice because I like the. I think there's a nice chemical reaction that happens with the ice, and the alcohol and the uh, the bourbon that gives it a kind of a completely different taste. But that bottle, I wouldn't even think about having no, ice in no it.
1: need. It's so smooth. You, I think you would lose the complexity if if you did water it down a little bit.
0: All right, Mark's pouring a uh, a beautiful George T. Stag. This is seventeen. Uh, uh, you can kind of hear that the the amateur podcasters um sort of background noise i love it
2: the sound of a nice bourbon pouring in yeah the yeah it's it's not a bad there's nothing, sound there's either.
0: nothing wrong with that no no i hope hopefully
1: uh, everyone appreciates that all right now this one as i mentioned is going to be a much higher octane i'm looking at the bottle here we have a. Uh, percent by volume uh that weighs in at 129.2 proof so uh huge uh huge step up in octane here for sure
0: boy that's a a lot
1: different profile smell this is a george t stag uh it's out of the buffalo trace family it's their antique collection one of theirs uh released this year one of the five right the yep the five five series in that antique collection they've got the uh the Eagle Rare 17, the Sazerac. Um, TH8 Sazerac? Or is that separate? But there's a There's a Sazerac Rye that's like an 18-year, I believe. Don't hold me to that. And you've got the uh, Weller, the W.L. Oh, the Weller. William LaRue, so yep. the William LaRue variant.
0: Yeah, that's... Um, I got a lot
2: more, like,
0: kind of burnt barrel. Smell to that like charred oak. Uh, charred oak. Definitely the char. And I will, t- I will, I will tell you guys, you guys are taking this awfully seriously. This is not a serious podcast. Everyone's being a little serious. This is our first, <laughs> uh, our first recording session. So for those that actually end up subscribing to this podcast, which I'm sure just going to be people that we know, will be uh, be surprised at how serious we're being.
1: Now I'm I'm kind of just Ooh. reviewing the bottle here, guys, and something cool that pops out right away. Is that this is an uncut and unfiltered so basically we're getting like exactly what they would get out of the barrel this thing hasn't been touched so like when those guys are pulling this out of the barrel this is what this they is get. it it's pouring they, straight to the bottle they haven't filtered it they haven't they haven't cut it they haven't done anything so that's that's why you got that big high proof um, Use, so this is technically like the term is uh, barrel proof Right? is that yeah. what some uh, of the places barrel use? Barrel proof, um, barrel strength, you hear different terms. See, right? that's a lot hotter. It's very hot. So traditionally this, this one I would like, probably unlike the one we
2: just had would be pulled out of the barrel and then cut with water. It would be it'd be cut down a little bit, probably. So most with, likely. With yeah. You just mix water into it and just kinda of lighten it up.
1: Yep. They would uh, they would blend it to uh, to taste and they they probably got a certain proof target that they wanted to hit. But uh, this, oh yeah, that's Evan, that's this, uh, this, this that's, thing's it's a lot hotter, yeah, which you would expect at that sort of proof. So this normally I would probably add Have a, like one small cube, yeah, you know, just because I think it and it, it kind of hits that sweet spot with just a little bit of a uh, little bit of water. To
0: the, it. the Jefferson, even though it had no ice cubes, it had a cool sensation to it, a cooling sort of mouth sensation to it, where this has like,
1: I kid you not, that Jefferson is like fantastic yeah i'm actually jealous that that's ryan's bottle
0: <laughs> all right we're going to do a quick picture here because uh our poor missing it's
1: supposed to be a silent picture
2: but uh, well
0: that, no that's okay this is not like the kind of um situation where we don't any, have a selfie stick or anything too so no really no, no there should, should be no reason anyone should have a selfie stick so <laughs> there you go so we're going to get a picture because we got to include dan um, vicariously through this podcast, we all know that if he was here, you, brother, he would uh, provide a a very uh, distinct um, sharp tongue, sense of humor. <laughs> I mark, he's your brother-in-law, so yeah, he's a um, great guy. You know, you know him better than we do, but that's,
1: that's I always
0: I always joke. He's a little bit of a spirit animal to me because some of the things we like. We today, for instance, we talked about how hot sauce. You know, no, nowhere any, should anybody have Tabasco hot sauce. You know, it's, it's, yeah. if you have Tabasco hot sauce in your refrigerator and that's all you have, you obviously haven't tried enough good hot sauce. Yeah. But as something that comes off of the shelf, I grab the old wooden cap, you know, the Cholula bottle. The Cholula. That's my go-to uh, hot sauce in the, in the grocery store. And if they don't have that, I go with Louisiana. Louisiana hot sauce is pretty good, too.
1: Is that the Louisiana Gold or what is that? Is that or is that just like the Louisiana, like, like the yellow label? Just the yellow label tab. has that red sun in the middle. Yeah,
0: it's same, like a okay. simple I know label. We're talking about. I've yeah. had
2: that in a long time, but the round ball top, right? That's the Chul- on the Cholula, yeah. The, oh, yeah. Yeah. the Cholula, the Cholula, Cholula. I the Louisiana has that too.
0: Um, the uh,
2: we don't need to talk about hot sauce that much, though. That's what yeah, I mean. that, the hot I mean, sauce Louisiana. is.
1: Shelfy hot sauce. The cool thing about yeah, this Yeah, shelfy hot sauce. We can talk about whatever we want to talk we about. We can...
0: This is... this is. We're not bound by any um, I mean, advertisers because you know what? No one's ever going to um, sponsor this kind of this, podcast.
1: This episode brought to you by... No, not <laughs> happening.
0: Not happening in this world.
1: So, I mean, like, what guy doesn't want to know about bourbon, beer, meat, hot sauce, coffee, wine? I mean, this is great. Sports. Sports. I mean, we'll talk... It's well,
0: a playoff, NFL playoff day and... Uh, well, that, that's another thing I might uh, defer to Ryan usually on NFL. What is, score, is the, NFL. Way, the
1: score by the
2: way? the score? It hasn't started yet. Oh, okay.
1: See that that, are, uh, that shows you how much at we know.
2: 3:40 p.m., so kickoff should be any minute now. But uh, uh, no score, and uh, they'll be the, the uh, Titans will be taking on the Chiefs here any minute now. Big playoff day, but uh, the wild card this year doesn't have people as excited as previous years. Next week will be except a big deal, for the Bills. And, Well, the the team fans are excited. Okay, yeah. No one's excited about Bill's Jaguars, let's Yeah, but the few, i tell you what, (laughs) the the few
0: people that I, and I know a couple people from Buffalo, that is one of the most loyal fan bases I've ever seen, and you know what, they really only have, granted they have two sports teams in, in Buffalo, but they really only go crazy for the Bills.
2: I agree, and what's ironic with that is that they're playing Jacksonville, which is probably the least loyal fan base out there. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's Buffalo fans that fly down to Jacksonville to go to go to the area to go to some bars, watch the game, and because of low attendance at the game, they have to black the game out, and no one can actually watch the game on TV. In Jacksonville, that happens in Jacksonville quite a bit, and
1: that's unbelievable. Pretty hilarious if it happened for a playoff game.
0: Well, if I lived in Buffalo, I'd probably
1: fly down to Jacksonville too this time of year. What do you guys think about this? Obviously, I mean it's great. Looking at everybody's glasses here, a little bit slower drinker than the it. It it's
0: it is a completely different drink.
1: Absolutely,
2: this was my first sip actually because I was still enjoying the nose and just trying to. I mean, it is that was the the main thing. Just even smelling it was how different it was.
1: And uh, I don't know if I mentioned, but just for those listening, the uh, the Buffalo Trace is out of Frankfort, Kentucky, also in the Buffalo uh, in the Bourbon Trail. So, has
0: anybody been on the Bourbon Trail? Mark Ryan No nope. I mean I've driven
1: through there but I've not it's a destination place that I want to go I mean it's you know we've done wine country we've done beer trips all that that's I think that'd be a very cool trip to hit I mean you can they're all very very close so you could uh, you could hit a lot of those in a week in a weekend for sure. I
2: was tentatively signed up for the Louisville uh, Bourbon Trail half marathon this year. No, oh. We had some family stuff come up, and I couldn't make it. So that's, Do you drink uh, it, and run on that? Or? You drink a lot at the end of it. <laughs> I think they have <laughs> multiple bourbons for you waiting at the finish line. So uh, hopefully that'll be one that I can cross off the list this year.
0: I mean, this is... I think I just get so much more charred oak.
2: So should we get an ice cube for this or some little...
0: Yeah, by the time we finish this, I think we I we're mean,
1: okay. I think like when you're really... Like if, well, if Mark's you, basically already done. <laughs> I have a drinking problem. He goes, <laughs> at a,
2: he goes at a cheetah's pace compared to me. Well, he's like you know, twice as big as we are too. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true.
1: Um, I would say though, like if you were, if you're really trying to decipher and break down one, don't water it down. Yeah. But so like for now, if you're trying to really pick up like what you're detecting in this bourbon, you should drink it like this. Mm-hmm. But if this is like a, an evening you're going to put your feet up. Been a long day. You just want to have a little, uh, you know, nice glass to chill in the evening. I would put an ice cube in it because at that point it, you're not you're not thinking. You're not about rushing through like, it. You're you're like, man, what's in this? How how? What do I and detect? If you have you, the whole you...
2: bottle to yourself, then you figure out the way you like it. Whether
1: it's one or two drips of water, or an ice cube, or sure, Absolutely. and then you just stick to it. Absolutely, and something like this that this high of proof, it might take you a couple times to dial it in. Like yeah. you might accidentally put too much in one time and think man I lost a lot of what I really enjoyed about that.
0: I'm sorry, I'm just like enamored on these glasses. These are so fun to hold and
1: those are like these are the sexiest glasses to drink. Four pack is thirty dollars, Evan.
0: Alright.
2: So I mean <clears throat>
0: I'm sure the wife will be happy to have more glassware well, in the bar.
2: <laughs> I I put away some old bourbon <laughs> glassware to uh to get it out of out of sight, out of mind to replace it with these. <laughs>
0: Man, I bet uh, I bet at this uh, at the thrift stores here in Peoria, you can probably find some pretty good beer glasses. Because uh, I've contributed a lot.
2: <laughs> we mind, are mine. Mine go in the garbage when I have a new one to replace it with. Which, I guess you could just
0: recycle them too. I
2: I like it. I like it. There is. A, is
0: it weird that I get a little like kind of vanilla?
2: I was gonna say coconut almost, but I don't. There's think that's something
0: right. sweet. It might and, be
2: more vanilla than Because coconut's not right. I was yeah, going to say that I almost right. got a little bit of an aftertaste of like. I could see more of this, I don't necessarily. Suntan lotion type of flavor, but don't it don't might know, be closer to the. I don't know
1: if I get the coconut, but I would say there's something sweet there, like a vanilla note. Much. It comes more, from that oak. Yeah. That
2: new American oak.
1: And I think that's a, a pretty typical. I mean, I think you're spot on because that when when you're dealing with whiskeys with the with the <coughs> white oak, that's a very typical uh, profile that would come across during that process of the of the soaking, expansion, contraction of the barrels. It's going to extract that vanilla for sure. I think that's the- also where you get the uh, the leather that you were talking about earlier as well. Yeah.
0: And of course, if you put a bourbon in there, the I'm sorry, a, a stout in that barrel, you'd get such a different, you know, flavor profile out of that than you would out of the Jefferson. That's what's fun about beers when you talk about these are the various, you know, barrels that are used for all the the, the
1: stouts that are being brewed. I would actually, uh, after having that, I'm, I'm going to do a little more research on this. I'd be curious to see like what their their mash profile is on this. Um, cause I get a little bit of, I get a little bit of the, a little bit of the, uh, corn in it just a little bit, but, uh, I don't know if that's just like the heat. That's really, I think the heat kind of masks it for me. Like it's I feel like crazy It's 17% more alcohol than the, uh, Jeffersons. It's like, yeah. yeah. This
0: podcast is going to get don't... really interesting by the end.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. I love you guys. <laughs>
2: And while we're drinking at 3:50 on a Saturday, we're at the uh, Abbott household in Central Peoria, Illinois, and uh, the, Whiskey City. the wife Molly is uh, on a flight to India as we speak. So it was a, a time that we could uh, take over
1: the kitchen and uh, pop up the podcast software and hardware. And so, even though that this is new to us, like the, this podcast thing, I mean, this is something though that like the group of us together, you know, we do probably. Once every other month or something like that where we we get together for these shares. And, you know, everybody kind of stocks up on some really good beers. And then we... And then we have have the conversations we're going to put on this podcast. Sure. Yep. It's uh, a great way to try beers you've
2: never had before. Sit around a kitchen counter or a bar. uh, And this uh, is... Oculus um, (laughs) Bar and Brewery is, uh, is a pretty nice place to have a couple cocktails.
0: And so was the uh, the barrack uh, smoke and meat household. I mean, if you go. if if once we get into the meat smoking um, sort of chapters of the podcast, then we'll really let Mark take over because that man has has smoked the sort of animal parts that sometimes <laughs> you never expect. starts of sound a little creepy. <laughs> well, not, you- not, no not not in a creepy way, but you remember when you did those like those uh, beef ribs? Oh, those beef ribs. Those look like the the dinosaur bones off of the Flintstones. Yeah. Man, those were fantastic! Oh my gosh! One of
1: those, and I mean, like seriously, people were like in a meat coma. I mean, you're just sitting there. We gave I, one of those dinosaur bones to my oh, dog. Oh, Trey! Oh, he, I'm Trey, sure he loved it. He loved yeah, it. His dog was like in love with this thing. But that's actually just real briefly on that those beef ribs. Uh, yeah. It's like a for me, it's kind of like a in between. Like it's not the prime rib. And it's not a brisket. It's almost like a brisket on a bone, but a little more tender. And those things are so juicy, so buttery goodness. Right. And, and you cook those low and slow and let them render down. I mean, seriously, I get I get excited just. I'm I'm hungry just yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we need to do those again for Definitely. sure. That'll, that'll need to be a a future podcast for sure. Yeah, and
0: if, as as uh, as uh, my um, sort of obsession with how good Mark is at smoking meat. I got my own meat smoker and I'm not on the level yet. I've done the easy things, uh, steaks actually I did pizza last night which uh, my cousin told me uh, about which amazingly is very simple, no more work than putting it in the oven and provides a much better taste profile on your pizza. And it's not if you use like i use a pellet smoker mm-hmm. i use the very you know basic alderwood but that's straight wood
1: you're not cooking with anything exactly else. Yeah.
0: and i think that that would probably be the the wrong direction is to do like hickory cherry apple just you kind of want that it was funny like i came home from work and my mother-in-law or i guess my in-laws were in town and I, f- I felt like springing that kind of thing on them would have scared them away. My mother-in-law is very... Um, is, at least when it comes to food, the, the more straightforward and simple you can be the best. Um, and I didn't want to scare her with saying like, hey, I want to throw... Smo- like I want to throw pizzas in the smoker. But when I told her and she's like, oh, that sounds like a wood fire oven. She was all on board. Sure. So put them in there. Didn't take any longer than the oven. Actually, it was shorter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they tasted awesome.
1: I I would, hands down, I've done the same thing and I would agree with you. They're fantastic. It adds uh, just another dimension to it. And you know what? Just talking about like people that are not necessarily as um, experimental with their food yeah. or, or adventurous. They, you know, they got like their kind of niche and they don't go outside of that. A lot of times. I don't tell them what I'm going to do. I just do it yeah, and then serve it to them. And, you know, almost always they're just like, they're raving about it. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, this is such a great pizza. How did, you know, it's like. How did you do it? Yeah. And then they'd be like, oh really? I would never think to try that. You know, because, but, yep. but if I would have told them ahead of time, they would have been hesitant because it was outside their norm. you know, outside their comfort zone of food. Yeah. Well, I tell We kind of forced
2: that upon ourselves. We started doing the uh, meals in the mail club uh, through plated plated.com mm-hmm. and uh, not
0: a, not a, not an advertisement by the way <laughs> not an advertisement but uh, we are going to talk about it and That's fine. But, but if plated they will give us free food because Plated of that, would yes. love that. We could we'd happily do a little uh, bourbon and plated.com
2: sharing. <laughs> <laughs> it's pos- positive feedback. So uh, yeah. it totally just expands your horizons even well, we were I mean just learning that. to cook. Cook with Brussels sprouts. You know, sure. now I buy Brussels sprouts at the uh, at the store and just different things like that. were it,
1: it gets you out of your out of your normal.
2: Instead of making a routine stuff, it
1: forces salad I, with spinach. You learn how to use kale and yeah, just little things yeah, like yeah, that, and you really, really expand upon your horizons. So cool. I mean, we were talking about that the other day because I was asking you about that and just how how it all worked and how often you did it and everything. And I just I left that conversation being like, man, that's really cool because that 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 pushes you. To try yeah. new things or to experiment how you're gonna cook them yeah. so um, then we did a I baked
2: gnocchi about a month ago and I took that recipe and then kind of took that and created my own and did it with some uh, some sausage and changed up uh, the uh, pasta sauce a little bit and and still kind of made it a plated version of, uh, of a good baked gnocchi or an abbot version of plated baked gnocchi and I mentioned I'm hungry? We had that, and yeah. I'm making Mark hungry. Talking about it. Smaller, <laughs> well, hey, but, you
0: know uh, we can always break out the deer sausage can, at any uh, point right, in time. It just kind of cleanse our palates.
2: All right. And so, like we talked about earlier, we're going to uh, kind of continue to expand expand this with wine and dinner yeah. clubs, and break it down I, with food I and, and all be sorts great. of
1: different types of discussions. And that's going to be able to involve our wives in our our nerdiness. In
0: of, in any time you can involve the wives in the obsessions. Huge of... Huge plus. Like. What we like to do, which is basically not like, so, my wife looks at this sort of, you know, podcasting thing as, oh, you know, oh, he doesn't have enough hobbies to do. Looks like he wants to do something else. But I tell you what, once you involve them in it, they'll be happy.
1: Yeah, for sure. Especially with some opus water shaver wine. She'll be fine. Yeah, she'll be good. That will make everyone happy. So real quick, guys, while we're chatting there, I poured uh, the next round. Uh, we got a lot B. The, lot we got B. the Lot B Van Winkle Special Reserve 12 year. It's a Kentucky straight bourbon. Uh, so also different. also out of the the Buffalo Trace family. Uh, this is a more of a special thing. This is the uh, old Rip Van Winkle Distillery, but it's in the family with Buffalo Trace. So how does that work? How does that
2: work with the let's say the buffalo trace antique collection to the old rip stuff to the pappy stuff how are they all related
1: so like when you hear old rip or van winkle or pappy van winkle we're basically talking about the same um group there right they, they all kind of have like different names but it's all the same thing and maybe just varies on the year or what they did but basically within that like my understanding and uh I could be mistaken here but my understanding is it's just very select barrels that they have like they have a and and a recipe that they use a certain mash profile all these things but then they they hand select a certain uh, barrel house that they want these to be in and all those things and obviously the years kind of speak for themselves so most of us know but I'll say it just the old rip is a 10-year uh, we're drinking the 12-year it's a lot B and these go all the way up through like a 15 reserve a 20 and I believe there's a 23 is right. that right yeah. guys yeah so so what does lot b mean I think that's just like where it is uh pulled from um, the 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 barrel house and the actual um, uh, barrels from that area that they used you so
0: know? is there so my own naivete is there a lot a is there a lot C or is this just like Hey, this is uh, parking stall number twenty-four. That's where they are. It's like the particular Land, area.
2: lot, lot B. I d- yeah, yeah. See, I, this I, is lot where it might just be the parking lot. Lot C might just be where the dumpster is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I to be on it, like to be completely transparent and honest, I am not one hundred percent sure. I just kind of assumed that the lot B.
0: Do not come to this podcast for um, full on facts <laughs> of just about anything. It's uh, speculation, speculation at its best.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, we're uh, near even Wikipedia. Yeah. We could always shelf that and bring that back as well. But I mean, if, if you're looking it up, let's just look it up. We'll show, yeah, uh, we'll show how much inquiring minds want to know. We'll show so. how
0: amateur we really are at this thing. Can but do then that as, as I tell you as what, talk, you watch it next... will
1: have nothing to do with the barrel house. And I just look like a complete ass. Yeah. And
0: so, yeah, <laughs> in the Van Winkle family will come at us and be like, Hey, you guys, Stop. we've listened to your podcast from the beginning. And have 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 want to have nothing to do with you guys. We're not affiliated with you guys. Don't don't drink our bourbon.
1: <laughs> so just an, another thought here while uh, Ryan's looking that up. Uh, just or more of just some information here. Kentucky straight bourbon. This is uh, weighing in at ninety point four proof. So uh, much lower yeah. than that George T. Stag, and you can tell automatically on, oh, yeah. on the smoothness of it. Yeah, and
0: it's just, a lot it's more smooth. And I tell you what, like when I had this. So I won this at our local um, You Get the Right to Purchase This Bottle Raffle a year ago. Mm -hmm. So this is the 2016, I believe. Okay. Yep. Um, And when I first had it on my own, I was like, yeah, this isn't anything special. I thought, uh, but now having this, especially... You said the 10-year is way better. I liked the 10-year-old Rip Van Winkle better than this. Uh, but I will say that I haven't had it side to side, and I haven't had this. I probably haven't had a swig of this in a few months. This so, is fantastic. though. This is really good. I mean, if and I'm not saying this isn't anything against the stag, which is pretty hot, but this is.
1: I will say though, this, this is, is a non-ice between these three. Is is the presidential Jefferson? Yeah. He no, totally. That. But just also, I don't know. I mean, it's maybe supposed to get aromas
2: of cinnamon and apples. By the way. As I try to uh, I don't get the apples,
1: but that's everybody's nose is different.
2: I feel
0: like this and is syrup. a. I feel like this is a sort Sweet. of in in between of what yeah. the other two just were. Sure, it's still got more heat than the Jefferson. Sure, it's got it still tastes a little cool on the on the the mouth feel, but it's got a, it's still got a this fair amount of heat. This might be
1: worth noting for some guys out there, maybe that don't quite understand why you see certain price tags on on bourbons like what is the difference between walking in and buying a, a bourbon on the shelf for let's say 20 bucks 25 bucks versus these that are, are much higher on the scale of price and a lot of it has to do with the age and the, the one thing about the age is not only the time commitment in, in aging that I mean like literally you have to put something in the barrel and you're not gonna see that for like you know for this van winkle we're not going to see that for 12 years or this presidential we're not going to see that for 16 years but also within the barrel there's an uh there's an expansion of contraction that happens with the heat and the temperature changes within that barrel house but also there's evaporation that happens so you fill uh, a barrel full of bourbon that's going to be uh, as the years go on that that barrel is less and less and less so uh, and kind of a cool thing they call that they call that the angel's share mm-hmm. uh, and uh, which is the evaporation so the part that's not left that gets evaporated they consider that the the angel's share within the bourbon world and, so, uh, so so my own my like own, a 23 year old pappy you know i don't know what percentage that is but like when they when they go to to tap that barrel and access that for the actual what's the, Yeah, process. what's the percentage of I don't, so the I don't know, but like it, it's going to be exact, way down compared to like an 8 year or something like that. The interesting thing pot. is that
2: uh, the 15 year and the 23 year are a higher percentage. They're in the 50 to 55% I don't know about 64.6 like our George C. T. Stag here. Yeah. but they're in the 50 to 60 range, the 15 year and the 23 but the 20-year typically is about 45 percent you're so talking you're talking proof
1: alcohol percent. okay yeah alcohol percent yeah and what I, what i was referencing though is so the percentage proof. of how much actual content is in the barrel not alcohol right. content but how much is left over so the longer that thing is in a barrel right. the longer the bourbon is in a barrel the evaporation happens every it just hollows out right and so like you that full barrel, now yeah. you might you might tip that thing over and pour that out and you might only have 30% of that barrel right. full. And, and so, yeah. therefore, over 23 years that's evaporated and you only have a little bit, you can see real quick while that price just skyrockets because it's it's so special that there's hardly any of it left and you, the time commitment. It's the, is the yield, that. it's the percent yield yes, of what you I was gonna say, even if the
2: flavors, if even if you don't like the flavors as much, it's just simple, simple math when you get 30% of the barrel Right. of liquid instead of 100%, like an eight-year, right. um, guess what, it's gonna be, sure. you know.
1: And that's why you're gonna find those
2: eight years. Thir- 10, 10 over three
1: times the price. That's why you're gonna the, find you know, eight-year bourbons the at you know, the, the 20, 30, 40 dollar range, and these yeah. are, are, are much higher than that because of that yield that's left over. And obviously, the longer these things are in the barrel, uh, the much more complex they get with the, with the oak and the, the charred taste that you get so now how does this compare
2: just flavor wise to the jeffersons or i guess maybe more like a mouthfeel? i
1: i know you like you're pretty high on the jeffersons jeffersons right now like seriously that's one of the i've got to put that up there that is so good it's one of the best bourbons i've had never had that before blew me away this though um much sweeter and I guess I would like to do a Jefferson's side by side with this. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jeffersons had much more. I don't hope. Have six Clint Sorry, we'll have Evan. That's Evan just my way of trying program. to get more. Yeah. We'll bring that over next time. We'll yep.
2: have Dan, and then we'll get. This is uh, my
1: way of just trying to get more of this. Yeah, no, but uh, definitely you could tell. You could tell like if this was blind, I would say that the pre- the presidential Jeffersons was definitely aged longer because there was a lot more Gosh, I mean, another, so much more a lot more you know those those extra couple years really brought yeah. the the barrel out this though has a nice sweet finish to it yeah and that the ha- van winkle that has to do with whatever their mash uh profile is i would think but that's coming off that cheese stag that was so hot yeah um right now i would probably rank these if i'm ranking them of these three, I would go Jefferson's number one, Van Winkle number two, and the George T. Stagg three. And that's because I like a smoother, easy-drinking bourbon, and that just—it's it's I high. agree.
2: I think I would, too. I, I, I think I was thinking the same thing. I'm right on board
0: with all that. All right. So we're going to kind of move on um, from bourbons. Uh, I will tell you that I can't recall— It might have been Mark, probably was Dan also, got me into this sort of uh, rabbit hole of French pressing Goose Island Bourbon County brand stout with various ingredients. And once
2: Dan doesn't you, know much about beer probably,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably not Dan this is one of the podcasts we can rip on Dan as much Gosh. as we want he is not here to defend himself I, um, I will although say. he was very sad and he might even be sulking in a corner somewhere at a amazing brewery in Chicago I don't know what yeah. he had up to but he's but got Eric got a pretty young probably kid.
2: weightlifting more than him right now so <laughs> it's just
0: somebody is lifting more than him yeah Right now in a gym. So this the-
1: this process though. Yeah. Right? So tell me about I, the if, process. I, if I, before we
2: get to this, can we just? I, I just want to say one thing. We took a uh, uh, 37 minutes on bourbon, and uh, we're beer guys by trade. <laughs> I, you know what? So That's great. You know, like it great. You know what?
0: It, this is perfect. You know, if, as if, we
2: transition into beer, I think. uh just, just let it be known that we're more this beer is, guys than wheelhouse, and this is really we're getting into our wheelhouse right now. I'm let let it be
0: known <laughs> that this is going to be the most uh, excruciating podcast to listen to if you are not into bourbon or beer. Yeah.
1: So, real quick on this, the first time I ever did this was with Dan, so I got to give Dan the props for this. Um, basically, we have a base Bourbon County brand stout, um, but which, we, which, if if if
0: anybody here would say like is probably the standard of which a bourbon barrel stout is almost
1: for sure judged by. for sure derived from where for sure they were the yeah. pioneers of i would still doing it well not just, just doing grant, it but, but maybe that,
0: doing it well yeah
1: i would argue that their regular is still the
2: baseline for everything okay i mean yeah I there mean, you if go you, if you get into the you know, the mega whales and whatnot of the bourbon barrel aged style. You get they, the assassins. But they are the godfather the of the media this. noches. They the are the godfathers. But, uh, you know, those ones are super limited. And, and as you really get into the... So
1: within that, so we have the baseline, right? Yep. And, and now, and really now get their hands we, on know, we know what variants are. And variants are when breweries do... They take a base and then they, they add something to that. They're, they're adding, like, maybe a coffee or a cinnamon or a vanilla or something... To just kind of uh, do a tweak on what their baseline recipe is, right?
0: Which nowadays is called like, and I don't know if the, you know, home brewers and the Great American Beer Festival have now made this category yet, uh, but it's the pastry stout. They've it's talked the, about making it a category. It, it, so. it might be its own category now because there are so I many breweries is. and there's so much demand for these pastry stouts, which taste like desserts or. Various things other than just like your regular standard stout. Sure.
1: And so, I mean, it, it, it's still a traditional beer in every sense of the word, but it's like what they add during the process at some point during the brewing process that, that changes it. Right? And as, okay. a, as an example, the Ram, where, uh, where Shawn, Sean, the Sean Burns. used to work.
2: Uh, Sean Burns. They're still trying to keep it going, and they released a new series of stouts, and it's called Pastryarchy. That started today with a brambleberry and a peanut butter pastriarchy stout. Any any feedback from that yet? I haven't seen yet, but uh, that was released today. They were very limited, but uh, it's kind of making a play on a joke on the whole pastry stout thing. But uh, they're octane and i'm
0: sorry uh, if i had the probably choice not doing the same but, as, uh, i'm sorry as sean if, I, Brewer. if yeah. I had the choice to go to uh, sean burns more brewing yeah and to go to ram yeah. i'll probably drive yeah. to more brewing
1: because they're not that far away not that far uh more is in villa park fantastic i'm actually sporting one of their shirts if we had a yeah. It's not not not. A, not, uh, not I, sponsored hey, if, <laughs> if if
0: Sean Burns wants to sponsor the podcast, we'd be happy to sample some of his <laughs> yes, beer. So yes, go ahead,
1: sure. Mark. So back to the variants. We talked about that. So all this is is what I would call a poor man's uh, variant. Right? I love that. So we are, I love that term. We are taking a base oh. stout, the uh, the Bourbon County uh, brand stout. This year, this is uh, the one I used was the two 2006- thousand. Seventeen. Ooh, okay. We use seventeen. So, within that, we take a, a, a old-fashioned coffee press, a French press, which yep. uh, I'm assuming everybody knows, but it's just a, a, a manual way of making coffee where you would put the grounds in, you would steep it with the hot water, and then you would press the grounds to the bottom yep. and pour your coffee We off. will
0: talk about coffee at some podcasts So, in, in we're, the we're doing
1: the same thing. So, uh, what I did, and these guys don't know yet, and they're kind of yeah, anxious, they do. They're kinda anxious to get to this. I feel I feel like I, I have a good idea so, too. What I'm gonna I did be cocky about this one. I know with, what's going on. With <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. The within within the uh, the, I feel the like French I press, um, I put certain ingredients in there and then I pour a bourbon county over it and then we let that sit. And I, I did this one at about 130 is when I when So I like put this right, in. Before sh- so right before you right before you drove over. Uh a little before I came over, yes.
0: The, the drive which is like over the river and through the woods. 8 minutes. Yes. Yeah.
1: And and it's been sitting it's now quarter after 4. <laughs> From the Barrack compound. That's correct.
0: The Barrack <laughs> meat smoking meat. compound. <laughs> I tell you what, like Mark has the best setup for a um, a like an outdoor man cave. Like you walk out of his house Onto his back patio, sorry, compound, and it's a like he is a very, um, um, comfortable covered, yes, like back porch, which at one end you have your wood fire, uh, sorry, wood fireplace.
1: Yep, that's the right.
0: Like, and and then you have your smoker, and so everything's always covered, and if there's snow on the ground. Like, you can go out there and have a cup of coffee and start a fire. You yep. can smoke meat in it's, comfort. It's my, have a cigar.
1: It's my sanctuary. It's it's the one thing that I it had to have. It is beautiful. Built. Yeah. So a perfect example, my brother was just in town. Uh, he lives in Charlotte. He was in for uh, the holidays on uh, one particular day. I don't remember when it was last week. Uh, it was whenever it was snowing really hard. Yeah. We did nothing. It was a few days last week. They, no, that was no, uh, the our day It was one day. Uh, that, I 30th, mean, really, the 30th. The 30th. We sat outside. I we had a brisket on 18 pound brisket. We did a 16 hour cook on this brisket. And, that was incredible. And, and we just chilled. I had the fire going. It's cold outside. No, it's this is it's all over air, but with that fire, it's very cold. All the outside. stone. It's not just up.
0: cold outside. It's very cold. Outside. Very
1: cold outside. But within that though, we sat outside all day long, listened to music, we we chatted, just caught up. You know, we're keeping an eye on the brisket, but we're having some really good beers and just enjoying life. So it is it is my sanctuary
0: no it was it was uh it's it's a great place so you do this beer you french press it Mm -hmm. it is cinnamony um
1: i guys i uh, am trying it right now for the first time
0: i i think it actually has like i bet this is way better now that it's warm uh at least warmer
2: Cinnamon Toast Crunch.
0: Yep, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I
2: as I was gonna say, just say. Go I ahead. drank that. I ate that cereal and drank that Cinnamon Toast Crunch milk too much growing up.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: But
1: I know well, this flavor well, and I hope if yeah, I I'm hope, wrong. Hope, I'm gonna be shocked. You are partially right. Oh, and I know may, maybe I got a little heavy on the cinnamon, so maybe that's masking some of it. So th- it's a it's always a process. Like you know, I'm I'm putting it on there. Uh, anything else you guys pick up on there at all? Because there are three components other chocolate. than... I pick
0: up more chocolate.
1: But well, the chocolate might be from the 2017.
0: Which, yes, the 2017 Bourbon County Brand chocolate. Stout is
1: way more chocolatey than previous years. So I will tell you right now, I did not add any chocolate because okay. the 2017 already had okay. enough uh, chocolate bomb to it that okay. I did not add that. Okay. My
2: second guess was a combination of cinnamon and graham crackers. It's like It's a S'mores. totally taste the bready... Cinnamon toast crunch.
1: I get it too, but it, but it's not. That I mean, that's man. That's, no, man. it's, it's, it's no, not you cinnamon were, toast you were, crunch. You were, you were spot it is not cinnamon toast crunch. You it's were not graham cracker. You were spot on though. Like when man. I taste this, I don't taste the things that I put in this. So I, interesting. So I, don't, I don't think you're wrong. I taste uh, coconut. There see, you go. And I don't taste coconut. I smell coconut. I don't taste it. I smell coconut. I don't taste it. But I. I don't taste it, but I, when you put your nose in that, I smell it. Yeah, for you're sure. right. You're right. That's I get cinnamon sun so, suntan lotion. Okay. Coconut. So here's what yeah. I did. Here's what I did. I took a, I took a small pan and I took uh, coconut and I put a, put just a little, uh, just a very, very, very small amount of coconut oil in there just to kind of give it something. Put coconut in, let it start to toast in the pan, and then I sprinkled cinnamon on, on the coconut. Let that season up. And then I put just uh a couple uh, little drops of vanilla extract in there Oh, like vanilla like, like too. two drops hardly anything but just to add a little bit stirred that up kind of kind of toasted it put it in the coffee press poured the bourbon county on top of it and let it sit for a couple hours press it down and we're having basically uh a poor man's uh, prop here you know from a couple years ago maybe so not quite on the level with that, but I think it's pretty good, honestly. I love 14
2: it. prop, right? That would be the
1: and and I think I got a little, uh, I think I got up. a little excited with the cinnamon there, so uh, the cinnamon's very prevalent. You
2: didn't use authentic Cassian bark?
1: <laughs> oh gosh! I was fresh who out. are you, a peasant? I, I was fresh <laughs> yeah, what out. What so. is this? Jeez. But hey, I will say the first time I'm I ever did this, place a compound to give to give uh, Dan props. The first time we ever did this, we did a vanilla, and he got uh, Madagascar vanilla beans. And we split them. Which
0: are very hard and expensive to find. Yeah,
1: he, had, he he acquired them at some store in Chicago, I don't know. But put them in, poured it, and it was fantastic. So th- this is a good time to bring this topic up because uh, I don't have
2: French press. So I've tried to uh, mix some flavors with a bourbon county before to emulate you folks. Like a cuvee or Like a, uh, yeah, like a cuvee. So about two weeks ago, I poured uh, a little bit of some of my little farmstead bourbon barrel aged maple syrup
0: which by the way is one of the best things to put on anything anything
2: i (laughs) would put it on anything and since i didn't have a french press i literally just spooned it into my bourbon county glass oh Oh my gosh i haven't tried that uh, i haven't done that while it was delicious (laughs) it wasn't as like molded together flavor wise as i expected it just was sort of like, like two separate things. It didn't taste like a poor man's KVBS. How, how
1: long did you let it sit?
2: Not very long. I mean, I, I, if I would... let the Bourbon County sit, kind of warmed up. I tasted, you know, I, I drank about half a But the how glass. long did
1: you did you mix it? You mixed it just at the I same time? I poured then? in a
2: little bit of syrup, and then I stirred it up. Okay. I sipped it. It wasn't strong enough, so I poured a little bit in after that, stirred it up. It was strong enough that I got a good amount of maple, so I kind of savored that for the next 20 minutes or so and drank that. And the syrup is so good. Oh. You know, I was what, wondering yeah. if French pressing as a process oh. is that big of a difference.
0: If you, I feel like if you use the maple syrup, you shouldn't have to use a French press. Okay, so
2: that's what I was thinking
1: too. Or maybe- The French press is more for, is for the solids. Yeah, it, it's eliminate, more, yeah, you're it's right. for the more. solids. Keeping the solids out of your... Like, keeping the floaties. Like, I tell you what. Like, the only thing that came through on this is probably the cinnamon. But other than that, there was no... Because then my next thought was, okay, I'm, I'm going to go buy vanilla
2: extract and just pour that in and see how that goes. And it's probably just the same thing. It's just not going to...
1: Yeah. You know. But where when, you have the vanilla bean... That really infuses into, a into French, it, like with the French right, press. Right, and then you really press like that bean it, yeah. down. It's just not going to be like. But that is so like over the top. Like you, split that bean, you put it in. I yep. mean, that is like just a vanilla bomb at that point.
0: Like you, you, um, like I had the um, the first time the veil vale Brewing did the Hornswoggler with Oreos. That was a absolute mess of a can to pour, and. It was like – I remember they had a warning on their website or at least on their can release that was like, well, all right, be aware of there are some unfermentable sugars that are going to be pouring into your glass uh, because of like the hundreds of pounds of Oreos that they put this (laughs) chocolate stout on. And it poured with like – I mean, you talk about floaties. There were floaties upon floaties upon floaties. But you know what? It was Oreos. That so gave, who cared? That
1: gave lacing a whole new meaning because I remember seeing that that picture where you swirled that and it was just like chunks of Oreos. It was
0: the... chunks of yeah.
1: stuff, and All so over the glass. but it was I, I mean f- very similar to what we had with the With that being said,
2: it was fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. And actually, I had the most recent batch of Oreo horns, and it wasn't as good. It wasn't as like the one that we had at your house was great. Yeah, and I had the most recent Did we batch. Collaborate that day. Yes, is that the same day? Oh yes. gosh, blabber. Yeah. Well, was, all right, well no, that's a whole other yeah topic. We'll we'll do like we'll canteons and
2: something. That, another that was day. all.
1: That was all during a, a brew. Um, Evan is during. also oh, like, Evan's yeah. also uh, he he's a little humble about it, but he's a fantastic home brewer and uh, that uh, what are, what was the stout called? What what did we, we brewed?
0: That? Oculus sinister. Uh, so you know with my profession. Um, being an eye doctor, using eye-related terms is just kind of fun, and so I use the term "oculus sinister," which just means left eye, as a um, nom- uh, as a um, you know a name for a stout. Sound sounded pretty cool. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Um, I I have one sitting in the fermenter right now. It, uh, it'll probably be the best round out about, in <laughs> it'll probably round out to about nine to 10% when it's all fermented, but I'm going to do, again, we talked about coconut. I'm going to do toasted coconut and I'm going to do cocoa nibs. And I oh, think it's, I man, think like it's phenomenal. got the backbone to, to be pretty thick and pretty good, but you know, home brewing is always an experiment of
1: sure. sort of, I tell you what that Oculus Sinister though, like. And I did that with I,
0: coffee and cocoa nibs. The, I have I, one I cracked, bottle left. I have one bottle I, I, in my I uh, refrigerator. One of those,
1: I don't know. It was a couple months ago I had one and I and I cracked that. And I was sitting there at home uh, and I, I literally just like kind of I chuckled to myself like I cannot believe that he made this in nah. his in his garage. Nah. It was phenomenal. Like nah. uh, don't undersell yourself at how good that beer was.
0: All right, you might have heard that little. Um, we're gonna do one last beer. Um, if you're still hanging on this far in the podcast, then kudos to you. God bless. It's 52 minutes. Um, we're gonna do the. I tell you who excels at the pastry stouts. It's Angry Chair Brewing. Oh yeah. Um, this is the Imperial German Chocolate Coffee Cupcake Stout. So it's sort of a variant on the imperial German chocolate cupcake stout which when we had this we all had this together um, I don't know about a year ago it would have been I mean probably little over a, year, a year ago a but it
1: would have been we had the first cupcake stout the very first time that we ever had a share together
0: yep we did like the first time I met Mark Barrick the HVAC and <laughs> smoking meat connoisseur we met at Pure Brewing Company which uh, is now gone um, We met there, had a bottle share yeah. (laughs) amongst many, um, it was like one of those painting classes. Oh, that was super awkward. It was super awkward. Yeah, and we were the only ones there actually drinking beer.
1: We were drinking our beer, not their
0: beer. Which is a testament to how successful that brewery was. And they're no longer in business. Shocked. So um, we had this beer and we were just like, holy cow, this embodies everything that... like a german chocolate cupcake would embody it's like coconut coffee well not coffee coconut chocolate 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 i mean just like crazy um and since then they've done a second batch this is the coffee variant i'm Um, excited about this yeah so we're gonna we're gonna drink this and then we're probably gonna sign off because by this time our wives are gonna wonder where the hell we are And we're going to need to drink some water and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so far, so good. Um, I love that sound.
1: Music to my ears. I
0: see chunks.
1: There are chunks in there for sure.
0: Chunks are okay. Like, don't be worried, everyone, that if chunks come out in your glass, that uh, that's abnormal. Um, We had the... This bottle Logic Space Trace, which is one of oh, the greatest
1: coconut chunks everywhere. Coconut chunks everywhere.
0: It's okay. Coconut chunks are fine. Life is good. But um, what does this say? Ever tasted Imperial German Chocolate Cuckoo Stout with coffee in it? Open this bottle, pour it in a glass, take a sip. And now you have. Drink fresh. Do not do not age. All right, we did our best. So we're ending the the end of the podcast because. You know the 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 listenership is getting weary. Um, Dan is getting very sad that he's not here. I will God, say, God, I love Dan.
1: I'm kind of reviewing some of the things that we were going to talk about. We're gonna have to, We're gonna to have to save those for another podcast. But we are going to talk about uh, beercations, like beercations where where, you... where, where to go. Yep. I mean, but... like, what are the best destinations in our country for craft beer? So that's definitely one.
2: But for those listening, um, we do have some, uh, some, some big beer events actually coming up over the uh, upcoming months. So put them on your calendars. Um, one of the biggest beer events actually in the U.S. is the Extreme Beer Fest in Boston, which is really, if you uh, are one that cares about the, quote, tick, um, you can yep. do a lot of that at the Extreme Beer mm-hmm. Fest. Um, but it also is really, really good beers, uh, February 2nd and 3rd in Boston. Uh, you also have the San Diego Brewfest, February 24th, and um, don't forget about Dark Lord Day, the third weekend in May. Uh, last, last year, they moved it back two years, which used to be two the- Two weeks, uh, two
0: weeks, two weeks. Not two years. Two weeks. He's, All he's these had, bourbons he's had a lot Mark's bourbon. given me a giving me a little buzz. Which, by the way, is like one of the most fun. I went for my first one last year, and Ryan and I went together um talk about the most sharing giving um sh- you know beer festival you've ever been to and if you're a he- fan of heavy metal like i am um it is it is right up your
1: alley I, mean, I, think so it's go ahead. A, I think it's a really cool place where like just people come together and it's like beer beer is beer and and like people are good and like they want to share and like you just want to enjoy the experience together and you know we always kind of have this this dumb cliche phrase that beer is dumb we kind of throw that around but it's like at the end of the day beer brings people together and there are a lot of great guys out there in the beer community and we have a blast with that yep so i will say you were you're were talking about some uh um you know points of places to hit Something else, just locally, though, just to mention very quickly, uh, in Peoria, we've got the Bearded Owl opening up. Uh, Long awaited. We've watched this thing uh, develop. I'm super excited about peeked
2: it. peeked into the windows every couple of weeks. Yep. Absolutely. When
1: we Time and, uh, and, and, and Ev, Evan and here. I got a chance uh, with Nick, uh, one of the Who? brewers down there that we, uh, we got kind of a sneak peek of some of the things that they're going to do. And uh, we are super excited about what they're doing. But they are opening up. Uh, we've, we've got some private events um, coming weeks. up on like the 17th and coming maybe up. the 19th. But their grand opening for the public is the 20th of this month, January. And uh, really excited to have a, a true... Craft brewery in Peoria that is uh, just pushing uh, the envelope of like what to what to do with a beer and yeah and I think
0: I think everyone's best bet is as soon as they find that local event that local celebration of beer or bourbon food whatever go support that because you know what those are the places that you know Hill Farmstead those are the places that uh, Treehouse those are the places that. Monkish. Those are the places that you know. These kind of breweries uh, sprout out from food places too. I tell you what, one of the best, you know, combinations of happiness in life is when one of these breweries, you know, like Tired Hands, they excel at food and beer. You know, those kind of places are the the the, the places that people who want to listen to this podcast, if you want to listen to this podcast, um, are going to go to and locally you know bearded owl at least in terms of our our uh, our tastes and our uh, um support wants to go to because they've taken something downtown here in this city um which is a wonderful location and turn it into i like
1: and they're me, not and they're not a one-trick pony either. no like not at we all tasted, like they had everything from your hazy new england style ipas they're gonna play like they had like a what I would call like a, a Mexican chocolate stout. They had, I mean, just and then they had just like, elder. Uh, uh, they had nice that mulberry. They had that mulberry wit. Very unique. Never had anything like that. But they're, then they they're, had they're, they had a very just traditional pilsner for maybe something that's not so adventurous. Like it's a great what I would call gateway beer for craft beer.
0: And they're doing a good job of, um, you know, they're not going to just be this sort of. We're going to open up in the warehouse, like sort of un um, pretty place. Their place, which was supported by Whiskey City Architectural Salvage, and I'll give a shout out to those guys because gorgeous. In in the city of Peoria, they're the kind of guys, young guys like us, who are doing awesome things with um restoration.
1: Yeah, well they're, they're salvage salvaging, and uh, they history. made that place the history of our, our city. They're salvaging it and repurposing it. It's it's fantastic.
0: They they made that place look like a, I hate, I mean, this is not in a bad way, but this is like um, a hobbit house. Like it is trees and reclaimed wood and live the, edge wood. Yeah, the live edge wood is f- oh, beautiful. So you feel beautiful. like you're in um, Elmer Fudd's you know, <laughs> tree house, but you're going to have some good beers and they're not just going to make, and I feel like they will make the good stuff and they make it good. Hazy IPAs. Um, but they're gonna make all kinds of good stuff. Well, well, I, I like the guys who run the place. I'm really you know, excited.
1: You know, Nick Nick Babcock, one of the one of the head brewers there. Uh, we met with him. The really cool thing that we talked about early on was that you know he's gonna have his uh, his go to beers, right? That yep. that are kind of the mainstays. But he is always gonna. What I loved, what he said to me, and like hung with me was when we were talking to him was. Hey, I am always going to push for like the next thing, or or to experiment with the beer, and like I want to use local natural ingredients. Yep. You know, so he wants to salvage from like you know the prairie of Illinois and which, make things work, which it's uh, fantastic. Which I, Ryan I love that concept? Which
0: Ryan? Um, I know you have exp- like have had you know could weigh in you know like scratch uh, in Southern Illinois. You want oh. to kind of be. A, a brewer of the area. You want to use what's available to you. Scratch
1: is the Chester King of Illinois.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ryan, what do you think about Scratch?
2: Scratch is uh, is doing some great things. Um, I've actually, I've, I've really only had one of their beers, um, so I'm kind of a noob. We've
1: had two. I've
2: had two, two. The the one that you brought. I don't remember We've the name.
1: The
2: sumac. Sumac. And the yeah. Sumac. rhubarb. Yeah, I mean the strawberry rhubarb is one of the best. It competes with the Nouglerus strawberry rhubarb. Wow, um, I mean incredible sour. They're doing some uh, and that's impressive. Really, that, that's really sumac great was things. Fantastic too. Um, and and really, it seems like they keep uh, keep stretching the envelope and and really do trying to do some great things. Um, there's another brewery right up the street. from I was them. just gonna say,
0: what's um, like if you were on your most ideal Southern Illinois beercation. And we'll get into beercations later, but, you know, just a, just, a, just a quick a, nod
1: as he's looking something up, um, kind of along the same lines of someone that I think is up and coming and doing some really good things is Big Thorn. Uh, I think they're uh, just south of Danville, like right by the I was going to say, they're a little bit east of us. A little more east of Champaign, yeah. but like kind of the, uh, getting close to the Illinois-Indiana border. border. But uh, same thing, very uh, salvage using local ingredients. Yep. So yeah, we'll, I don't mean to, to, uh, we'll, we'll, to downplay Scratch
2: at all. Uh, no, no, I've, no. I've, I've really had a r- really strong pour of, uh, of one or two beers, the sumac and this uh, strawberry rhubarb. I've had tiny pours of a couple other things, and they're really, really doing some great things. Up the street from them is a place called White Rooster. That's right. I've had one sour from them. It was a blueberry sour. I'd have to go uh, back to my records to see the name of it. Um, it would compete with anything fruited, oak-age wow. fruited by Side Project. I've I never mean, even really heard It was really incredible. Um, I had with uh, with a good amount of, you know, palated beer people with me, and, and we all really agreed. So, some great local stuff, you know, really expanding in uh, in Illinois and doing some great things, and uh, yeah, so basically no, no complaints other than uh, outside of Bearded Owl, the pure area just needs a little bit more haze. We're we're
0: <laughs> we're working on it, and I think that um, two years ago we are um, we are far exceeding what expectations were two years ago. Um, so hopefully the future's bright for Peoria Absolutely. Brewing. love it. And uh, we've got um, Industry Brewing, which is uh, backed by a very talented brewer, and I think he's got some good stuff on mm-hmm. tap. He's a very um, well-rounded brewer. He can brew just about anything. Uh, I'm excited with Peoria um, Dadal, uh, and I know that some of these guys on the podcast are very supportive of that group, so... Hopefully uh, they hit the ground running, but um, that'll probably round out the, uh, the podcast. And what we're going to do is uh, every time we end, whether it's we're all together or we're Skyping in together, we're going to kind of cheers glasses. So cheers, everybody. Hopefully you enjoy your beers, bourbons. Cheers till next time. Yep. Cheers. cheers.